0: this is scott
1: this is rebecca
0: and we're the ceos of party party of five
1: and a half it's not really a company it just sounds cool
0: and if you're looking for a normal family well you've certainly come to the wrong place
1: so keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times and let's see where this roller coaster takes us
0: Babe, it's September 30th. Why do we always wait this late in the month to do This Month in History?
1: Babe, we like the pressure.
0: (sighs) I don't know if I like the pressure. I'm terrible at this game anyways. We
1: we love the pressure, or Mm, I do. I love to see you work through the pressure.
0: I hate the pressure. Okay,
1: if this is your first time with us on This Month in History, what normally happens is I look at events in history that have happened in our lifetime usually mm-hmm. sometimes I sneak one in there mm-hmm. between 1970 and 2020 things that have happened in there or sometimes out there in a Mother's Day or something like that I, right. I, I kind of get tricky on yeah here. but you try to guess what the event is I'm before at I announce this day. it yes. So we
0: should flip <laughs> this around someday cuz are much better at history. Well, remember you why? did that
1: one a and couple did, yeah, a but couple of months ago vague. you did that, huh?
0: It was super vague.
1: Okay, next month that's all you.
0: <gasps> oh, so much. Why pressure. did you just ask for that? Okay. You just asked for it. Okay. Okay, next month I'm doing it.
1: Okay. I am. It's, it's going to be it's good. Are, be are you me. are you nervous? Yeah. You're but already nervous. I'm going to
0: try to stump Scott with history. It's going to be Stump Scott with History month.
1: Okay. That <laughs> that'll be the title. <laughs> It'll be on October thirty first. <laughs>
0: yes. At eleven p.m. Well, it well, can't be on that day because we're gonna be at the Oklahoma State Texas game. It's homecoming, and so oh. actually, only time Drew this gets to March this year. So we're gonna be in Oklahoma. We've got we can't we cannot work down to the wire in October. Okay,
1: so October thirtieth. October thirtieth. It'll be posted <laughs> around midnight. <laughs>
0: right before we'll record it in the car while we're driving. Right.
1: <laughs> the sound quality will be great. Would the
0: car have good acoustics?
1: No, it'll be awful. You'll hear the like AC the going, and oh, the tic-coo, tic-coo, tic-coo. when you get to <laughs> northern Oklahoma, the tic-coo, 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 tic-coo.
0: it'd be worse between
1: Oklahoma City and Edmond, where there's nothing but bumps. Yeah, that's okay. all we hear. You're right. You're right. All right. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. Bad idea. We have to do this at home on the thirtieth before we leave. Okay. Okay. We'll look so, forward to that.
1: So I have a little twist in this one this month.
0: What's the twist?
1: The twist is we're not doing events.
0: Okay.
1: We're doing famous celebrity birthdays.
0: Birthdays? Birthdays. Famous? But my birthday's not this month. (laughs) Oh, wait. This is not about me. We already did that podcast. (laughs) Yeah,
1: we just finished that one. (laughs) Okay, darn. Okay. (laughs) So this is famous people that have not necessarily been born. They weren't born after 1970. They've lived during our lifetime. Which, as we sit here today... Our lifetime is spanning more and more time. What? If you Yes.
0: It's way too late to be thinking that deep.
1: Because we found out today that Helen Reddy, who you didn't remember,
0: mm-hmm. who was in
1: Peach Dragon, the Disney movie, yep. and Mac Davis died. So, 17% of our childhood died today. 17%. I figured it out. I of the celebrities, don't at really 17%. remember
0: Helen, whoever you said. She sang
1: I Am Woman, too, I think, but... Peach Dragon uh, is what I, I, loved I remember. some
0: Mac Davis. Mac Davis was awesome. Yes, I know. I know.
1: This is getting weird, right?
0: Yeah. So that made me kind of sad. Yeah. Can we move on to birthdays and not Same. deaths?
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. So <laughs> what normally happens is I give you a song or some audio that so gives you a clue.
0: Are you about to give me a clue?
1: I'm about to give you a clue. Are you ready?
0: I'm ready.
1: And here we go. Okay, our first birthday is September 25th, 1952. So based on the audio of the music you just heard, the legendary movie theme that you just heard, add that to the clue of September 25th, 1952.
0: Why would I know famous people's birthdays?
1: (laughs) Well, you also had the music too.
0: Dun, okay, okay. Dun, 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 okay, stop, stop.
1: Dun, dun,
0: dun. Where's Drew when I need him, first of all? Second of oh, all, yeah. I'm going with John
1: Williams. John Williams? Oh, very nice. John Williams did write that music. Oh, very good. <laughs> Why are you surprised by your guess?
0: Well, okay, is it Star Wars music?
1: No, it's Superman. Oh shoot! Which happened around the same time, but they are they they do sound similar.
0: Okay, okay, wait. So Christopher, what's his last name?
1: Reeves. Reeves. Yes. yes, yes. Good was, job. Ah, oh, that's a high five.
0: Was born. That was an
1: official high five on September twenty fifth, nineteen
0: fifty. What two? Okay. Okay. Okay.
1: So now I'm gonna give you some history. I'm always like fascinated by people and mm-hmm. just you know characters. Are you and giving people. me like
0: Christopher Reeves history? Or are you giving me like Superman history?
1: No, this is Christopher Reeves history, which will is it Reeves or Reeve? Reeve. Really? There's no S. No.
0: <gasps> kind of like Kroger's. Everybody says Kroger's. There's no S on Kroger.
1: I've never said Kroger's. Oh, <laughs> okay. Have I? Kroger. No, I'm going to Kroger. Don't say Kroger's. <laughs> also, you say of all times, remember? <laughs> Maybe it's just
0: me that puts us on the
1: top <laughs> maybe so. Okay. Regroup. okay. <laughs> A startling revelation. Or as Rebecca would say, revelations. This
0: is like the time that I would get on to the kids about, like, who's leaving all the cabinets in the kitchen open? And it was... No, this is how I figured it out.
1: How did you figure it out? The
0: cabinets at the salon were open, too!
1: (laughs) (laughs) So did you feel like the kids were following you there, or what did you find out? (laughs) Did you put two and two together and realize it was you?
0: I figured out it was me.
1: Those poor kids. They never had a chance.
0: What all have I blamed them for that I've actually done?
1: You don't want to know. Okay, and that was This Month in History.
0: (laughs) <laughs>
1: okay. Okay. okay, I'm gonna regroup.
0: Okay, Christopher
1: Reeve! Uh, <laughs> yes.
0: With no S, tell me all about him. Okay.
1: Woo, <laughs> um. He was. <laughs> I don't feel like you can listen yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should probably cut, but I'm not. We're just gonna bite through this. <laughs> okay, we can do this Oh, I don't know if y'all remember Ooh. Harvey Corman and Ooh. Tim Conway This used to happen on the Carol Burnett show And they just fought through it It okay. made for great TV uh, We're so. not
0: good at fighting through it okay. okay I'm not okay. I apparently shouldn't include other people in my problems okay. <laughs> I don't even
1: Which one are we on? Oh, I was still the first me, one but... okay. okay I'm ready, I'm ready So, Chris, as his friends called him, they didn't really call him that, I'm just calling him Chris. Okay. Um, He was born to wealthy parents in New York City. They were journalists, teachers, and writers. Wait, Um, there's only two parents? (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I added added S's to everything. (laughs) It's not just me. No, I did it for you, (laughs) so you didn't feel left out. Okay. (laughs) Okay. His mom was a journalist and his dad was a teacher and writer. Okay. A novelist, I believe. Okay. okay. He got the acting bug at age nine when he was cast in an operetta at his school. He must What's have been an in,
0: operetta. Like
1: an opera. He must have been in a fancy school. I haven't heard of any elementary school. He can but, sing opera? Well, I don't know. I really don't know what an operetta is. I'm assuming it has something to do with opera. Okay. It just sounded fancy. We
0: need to call on somebody <clears> to <throat> ask what an operetta is.
1: Okay. So at age 16, he was hired at the Harvard Summer Repertory Theater Company <laughs> for fifty for $44 a week. That's <laughs> how much he was making. That's it? Yep. He was much younger than the other actors, but he was tall mm-hmm. and he looked a lot older than his age, so he fit in with them. <laughs> so after graduating high school. How tall is he? Well, we're getting to that. Oh, you
0: have that down. Yeah. Okay, continue.
1: Um, it has something to do with his uh, audition with Super- for Superman. After graduating high school in 1970, he wanted to pursue acting in New York City. But he acquiesced to his mom and he applied for college. Okay, here's how smart this guy was. He was accepted at Princeton. He was accepted at Columbia, Brown, Cornell, Northwestern, and Carnegie Mellon. Wow. So all of these schools wanted him. So, this dude was uber smart. He settled on Cornell because it was out of the city away from New York, and he felt like that would keep him from being tempted of acting, because he really wanted to act.
0: Really? But
1: he was doing this for his mom.
0: What was he trying to go to school for? Huh? What was he going to school for?
1: Uh, he went for... I thought I wrote that down. He went. <laughs> he actually got home economics, is what he was in for, oh, I believe. Oh,
0: okay, okay.
1: So, anyways... He went to Cornell, and at Cornell, he uh, he obviously starred in the... Wait,
0: home economics? Isn't that where you learn how to sew?
1: Yeah, but I had... No, home. I'm sorry. Home <laughs> economics is something else. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> I'm getting confused.
0: i kind of like, wow, he's really smart. And he was going to school. I mean... Yeah, that,
1: that has something to do with something else. <laughs> okay. But our our rickety start has gotten me flustered. Oh my god! Okay. Okay. So he was a star, obviously.
0: Oh, <laughs> economics <laughs> <and cardio. laughs> okay.
1: It was a really upper echelon. Oh, economics! Like this was expensive stuff. Oh
0: my god! Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, man. Uh, you think it would have been day drinking, but I don't drink anymore. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, are we still on the first one? <laughs> we're still on the first one. It's <laughs> oh, probably cut, but we're going to fight through it. We got this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: This entire episode, you just get to hear us laugh. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Laugh along with us. It's great. It's a laugh along. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We don't even have to say anything funny. We just (laughs) laugh. Home economics. He was accepted at Princeton. <laughs> okay. Oh, <man>. he, was, <laughs> he was obviously a star at Cornell Theater because <laughs> he went to school for theater. Stuff. Oh okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Okay. <sighs> okay, I'm back. Okay. I think <clears throat> So he was a star <laughs> in the theater department. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Stop. Okay. Oh, deep breath.
0: People are going to not like this.
1: Exactly. Okay. So, he was a star at Cornell in the theater department, so an agent came to see him. This agent also discovered Robert Redford and represented Michael Douglas and Susan Sarandon at the time. Oh, wow. So, pretty big agent. Excuse me. All
0: those people were older than him, though, right?
1: A little bit, but not as much as you think. um, So... He talked to that agent, they decided he would stay in school to keep his mom happy and in the summers he would go acting in New York. Hmm. So before his 3rd year in college, he took a 3-month absence to travel. He went over to the United Kingdom and he was he just bounced around watching theatrical theatrical productions. Huh. <clears throat> he would help the English actors with their American <clears throat> accents by reading the newspaper to them so they could hear his accent. What? Yeah, I'm getting all my breath back now.
0: Wait a minute, wait a minute. Did he read the newspaper in different accents?
1: Well, no, he would... he had one accent. In his American accent, he would read for them (laughs) so they could listen and try to mimic his accent.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Um, He traveled to France where he was also able to speak fluent French because since third grade he'd study French.
0: What? What?
1: Yeah. Wow. This dude's something. Um... After he turned from, returned from Europe, he applied to Juilliard, which is the big theater school in New York. Yeah. Because he's like, I'm ready to do this. So he was one of 20 people who made it out of the 2,000 that applied. Wow. For that semester. And another famous person, Robin Williams, made it with him. So they were in the same class together. Oh, that's cool. <clears throat> so they became close, lifelong friends. <clears throat> okay. Now, he was going to both schools, apparently, because after his first year at Juilliard, he graduated from Cornell. Oh, my goodness. This dude is something.
0: Right.
1: He was obviously an overachiever. So, soon after that, he auditioned for Superman in 1977. He was rejected three times, but the casting director was persistent and just kept, like, putting his resume on the top. Mm-hmm. They would take it off. He'd put it back. They fi- He finally got a meeting with the director, Richard Donner, who also did like Goonies <clears throat> and the Lethal Weapon movies. So, yeah. Richard Donner is a big director. <laughs> they were impressed enough that they sent him to London to do a screen test for the movie. So, but even on the way, he thought he didn't have a very good chance. He was 6'4, which you asked earlier. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. But he was really skinny. And he didn't have much of a superhero look. Like he was a good-looking guy, but he looked like more of like a theater kid and not really mm-hmm. a hero. So he really, he really didn't think he'd get it. But he decided, okay, I'm gonna portray Superman like with more of a gentleness and vulnerability, like less of a a hero that's got it all together. Which is much more modern than the other portrayals. Like if you think of Superman in the TV series in the 50s, he was this macho guy barrel-chested guy that, you know, saved the day. So he was trying to take a more modern take on it mm-hmm. and just see if that worked because he knew he wasn't the buff superhero kind of guy. <clears throat> well, he got the part. So he refused to wear fake muscles under his suit. So he went into training with a British weightlifting champion named David Prowse. And if you remember, David Prowse was the onset Darth Vader. He was in the suit for Darth Vader. What? So, he's basically training with Darth Vader. That's crazy. So, he trained for two months, <clears throat> and here was the training. He had a morning run every morning. He did two hours of weightlifting, 90 minutes on the trampoline. So, there's a bunch what? of trampoline work.
0: That's crazy. And then
1: he also well, doubled I mean, his... because
0: Superman, like, shoots up in the air really fast.
1: Yeah, I think it was probably more working on his core. Oh, maybe. Like, yeah. Okay. Um, he also doubled his food intake with a high-protein diet. He, he sounds ha- like Jake. I know. <coughs> he added thirty pounds of muscle before the family began. Hmm. He starred in four Superman movies, which which of only two were any good. The first yeah. two were awesome. Yeah. Like to me he's the quintessential Superman. Who's like he nailed it the bad guy it. in the first one. Gene Hackman was like Luthor. Who's
0: the bad guy in the second
1: one? <coughs> Excuse me. Um <coughs> I'm still recovering from okay. our me too. laugh attack. <laughs> uh it was General Zod and his two oh, cronies yeah, yeah, yeah. from okay. Okay. Krypton.
0: That's how I know when they have repeated like good guys in a movie like the Batman movies. If you just tell me who the bad guy is I can picture You can't remember what the movie I was? I not remember the movie.
1: Mm. Yeah. I'm going to take a drink of water okay, to try take to take a na- drink of water to gather myself.
0: <clears throat> Wait, who was the bad guy in the other ones?
1: In three it was like Richard Pryor. It was weird. Oh. And then in four it was the sun guy that got he got bad he was like Solar Man or something. He got Energy from the Sun. These. Yeah.
0: Clearly. I do remember the one with the three.
1: Three, three and four got silly. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so he did four Superman movies. He then went on to do the romantic mystery Somewhere in Time in 1980, which was a big deal. Yeah. Like when it first came out, it wasn't that big a deal, but in after it was on cable, it kind of became a cult hit. And now I think a lot of people really like that movie.
0: Well, yeah, and that's why people go to that Mackinac Island. Yeah, I was going to say it was
1: filmed on Mackinac Island, which we've always wanted to go to mm-hmm. up in the Michigan we area. do that. Yeah, Mackinac Island's where they you can't have a car or anything, right?
0: Right. You have yes. to be on you,
1: like, ferry foot or, over
0: or whatever and yeah. then bicycles.
1: He always said that, that was his favorite movie that he made. Really? Yeah. <coughs> so beyond all of the colleges and Juilliard and all that, and knowing French since third grade, he was also a pilot, and he joined the Tiger Club, which was a group of eighty av- aviators who had served in the Royal Air Force during World War II. And they let him participate. Obviously, he hadn't been in World War II, but they let him participate in vintage World War II like dogfights and stuff. Hmm. So, pretty interesting guy. Yeah. Um, so what can he not do? Exactly.
0: <clears throat> he bakes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, he be, he began riding horses in 85 after learning to ride for one of his movies called Anna Karenina. And by 1989, he began inventing, which I looked that up because I didn't know what inventing was. Inventing is an equestrian event where a single horse and rider combine and compete against other competitors across three disciplines, which are dressage, yep. cross country, and show jumping. Hmm. And you know some of that because you used yeah. to show horses.
0: I showed in a dressage. How did that go? Dressage I don't really remember.
1: Oh. Um, <clears throat> and and I
0: did it, some show jumping. Never did cross country.
1: What is cross country?
0: It's like steeplechase, like and you see like the, oh, okay. j- you know, you go across like jumps and water, and yeah. but it's like cr- countryside. Oh,
1: okay. So, um, at an event in May of 1995, his horse suddenly stopped on a jump. I think it was the third jump. Wow. It stopped. So he fell forward off the horse, and he landed head first. Mm. And he shattered his first and second vertebrae. He was instantly paralyzed from the neck down and couldn't breathe on his own. Oh, wow. So they care him to the hospital, <clears throat> and he's obviously in pretty bad shape. At his lowest point in the ICU right before a major surgery. Okay, the major surgery here, they were going to connect. It was connecting his spine back to his skull. What? So that's how crazy this injury was.
0: Wow. So
1: it was kind of weird because this little squat Russian doctor came in in a yellow surgical gown. He just kind of flew in the doors and he announced that he was a proctologist there to give him a rectal exam. So what? everybody's like, what's going on? Well, it turns out it was his old friend Robin Williams.
0: Oh my goodness. Just there to be funny. <laughs>
1: So it was the first time—Reeve said it. that was the first time since his accident that he actually laughed. Aww. So Robin helped him, yeah. like, get prepped That's for the cool. surgery. Yeah. Um, he and his wife, Dana, started the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation to help people with disabilities. As of now, the foundation has given $65 million to research and $8.5 million to help people with quality of life issues. <laughs> like people that are disabled, they've helped them mm-hmm. do things. Um, even after all that, he kept working. He directed the movie In the Gloaming in 1997, mm-hmm. and that was nominated for five Emmy Awards. In 98, he starred in a remake of Rear Window, and I remember that. It was mm-hmm. a TV movie. Yeah. And since he was in his wheelchair, it kind of worked out. Rear, Rear Window's a I remember that. <clears throat> Rear Window's a show where he's... The guy stuck in his apartment and he sees a crime happen across mm-hmm. the way. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, he even guest starred on Smallville, which was mm-hmm. like an offshoot of Superman in mm-hmm. 2003 and 2004. <clears throat> um, he also directed, do you remember the animated film Everyone's Hero? Mm.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. little
1: bat that talked to yeah, him and yeah. it was, yeah. Uh uh-huh.
0: huh. It directed, wasn't the
1: bat, it was the ball. It was ball. Babe Bruce Ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was directing that when he finally passed away in uh-huh. October of 2004. Huh so just kind of a fascinating life there did
0: someone else finish it i guess
1: or yeah they finished it, finish? it out huh, so. that's incredible i know okay well
0: Pretty we made crazy it through life. we made it through that well that
1: was easy right <laughs> we have three minutes to do the next two so let's I'm get ready. right, let's do it let's, let's get right to it song, Rebecca.
0: Yes, Miss Piggy was born. Miss Piggy
1: was born? Yes. (laughs) Yes. No. It's September 24th, 1936. It's
0: the same date. September 24th is the one before that, right?
1: September 25th was the Uh, one before that. Okay,
0: okay, okay. Uh, Jim Henson.
1: Jim Henson. Whoa! Boom! Fire! Wow.
0: You didn't think I knew his name, did you? No, you
1: were looking at me like Mm -hmm. you had no idea. I
0: found Henson in my brain pretty quickly. I just had to get back to the gym part. Okay.
1: I'm very impressed. Are you? I am.
0: Didn't he do like most of their voices? Are you about to get to that? He did some
1: of them. Okay. Okay. Okay, I'm ready. So he was born in Mississippi, but pretty quickly they moved to University Park, Maryland when he was really young. (laughs) He remembers, like he vividly remembered the arrival of the family's first TV, like in the early 50s. Yeah. That he said that was the biggest event of his adolescence. Like, it really changed things. Wow. Um, he was heavily influenced. There was a ventriloquist called Edgar Bergen that was on TV a lot. And he was, he was fascinated by all the early puppeteering and, you know, mm-hmm. the dummies. Huh. And that caught his interest. So during high school in 1954, he started working at a local TV station. And at the TV station, he created puppets for a Saturday morning children's show. Hmm. He started his own children's show called Sam and Friends during his first year in college. And it featured a prototype of what was going to eventually be Kermit the Frog later on, um, He graduated from the University of Maryland College Park in 1960. Now, after that, he started appearing on talk shows and variety shows, and he did tons of commercials with his puppets. Mm-hmm. Like... People were interested, but people really weren't taking puppets seriously. Mm -hmm. So he had ended up doing like he'd be a guest on a talk show, or he had to do all these commercials.
0: So was he like a ventriloquist too? or he he wasn't wasn't a ventriloquist. Like if you'll
1: notice, they're always hidden up under. Yeah, yeah, right. Like they did the puppeting,
0: puppeteering, but they were
1: under the Mm -hmm. set. Yeah, they would build the sets up higher. You
0: said people didn't take the puppets seriously. Who takes puppets seriously?
1: Well, I take puppets seriously. You do? I think I do. Okay. Well, I, what I mean seriously, like, take it as more of an art form. Okay. He couldn't really get, like, a... He couldn't get a long-term gig. Right. Because people are like, these are puppets. Yeah, right. So okay. it would be okay. a commercial or a talk okay. show. So. Okay. So he ended it big with commercials for Wilkins Coffee. Do you remember Wilkins Coffee? Nope. I don't either. Uh-uh. Nope. <laughs> Where he used humor with his puppets instead of, like, a hard sell. Because up until then... On TV, the mark the marketing people thought it just had to be you just had to be like adult with people. Mm-hmm. But he would use comedy, and that kind of caught people by surprise. And oh. that's kind of where he people really started to notice him <laughs> during these commercials. So in '63, he started Muppets Incorporated, and he hired Frank Oz that same year. <laughs> and if you've heard that name, he became the actor behind Miss Piggy, mm-hmm. Bert, Fuzzy Bear, and later for Star Wars, he was Yoda. He did the oh. he did the puppeteering for Yoda and the voice for Yoda. Oh cool. He even did the he's he did them Like Reese He on. did Yoda and all the new stuff too. Like I think Yoda's in more wow. of the new trilogy movies. Okay. So he's still doing it. Um, in nineteen sixty nine he teamed up with the children's television workshop and they started Sesame Street in November of sixty nine. And we've talked about it before. Sesame Street was not my favorite show. I think uh-huh. you really enjoyed it, right?
0: Yeah, I did. I liked it better than the electric company.
1: Yeah, I was an electric company person. Yeah. I'm team electric company. It's
0: okay
1: to be wrong. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um, so off the success of Sesame Street, it allowed him to finally stop doing commercials. He's like, I never really liked the commercials. Mm-hmm. It was just a way to make money so he could do things he wanted to do. Interesting. So he could focus more time on creative stuff. So he debuted The Muppet Show in 1976, and that's where I remember most is, like, I remember growing up watching The Muppet Show every week, and Mm -hmm. I just loved it. I did, too. Oh, yeah. The whole thing was Mm -hmm. just awesome for me. Um, Then, in 79, they had The Muppet Movie. Then, after that, The Great Muppet Caper in 1981. And then he did that, it was kind of a weird one, The Dark Crystal, which I... I don't remember that. It was kind of a sci-fi thing with these elf-looking puppets and stuff. I didn't really... It was kind of odd, but I... I respected like the puppeteering and the sets they built and all that but it really it wasn't as fun as obviously yeah. the muppet stuff right. so yeah. I, I appreciated that. it but I didn't really get into it. Yeah. And then he did Labyrinth with David Bowie in 1986 oh, wow. which ended up being a pretty big movie mm-hmm. like it became a cult classic too. Did you see that? I I saw it at some point, yes. Okay. i Um you. He then he created Fraggle Rock oh. which I think used to be on HBO when it first came out. Did it? Yeah. And the cartoon Muppet Babies, and those were all in the early 90s. Oh, I forgot about Muppet Babies. Classic stuff, yeah, right? right? So in 1989, he sold his company to Disney. Everybody sells their company to Disney, <laughs> right? Because they own everything.
0: That's why the Muppets are now at Hollywood Studios. That's right.
1: Mm-hmm. And he was hoping he could sell all that. He wouldn't have to worry about the business side anymore, and he could focus on the creative side. And that's what I was going to talk about—the Muppet 3D, the Muppet Vision 3D that we always go to always at go Disney to. World, mm-hmm. and it's always fantastic. Always. I really love it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the 3D glasses aren't the greatest and all that, but it's still—I <laughs> love. It's kind
0: of musty smelling, like an old theater. Yeah,
1: which it's supposed but to be you've a theater. you got the scene. two goofy
0: guys up, yeah. In the, you know what are, what are the they called? The old grumpy guys. Yeah, the old grumpy guys. Yeah. Yeah, I, I
1: love it. Yeah, it's just classic stuff mm-hmm. that and. I guess if you grew up with it, it's really nostalgic for you, so you kind of love revisiting that. Mm -hmm. So, unfortunately, in 1990, he died of bacterial pneumonia when he was 53. I know. Oh, he was young. He was pretty young. I thought about that today. I was like, I'm 50, and he was only three years older than me. Yeah,
0: that's crazy. So,
1: that's a wake-up call for me.
0: That is. Um, Wake-up call to check the life insurance.
1: (laughs) Wow. So, the Jim Henson Company... (laughs) Which his company morphed into that eventually Mm -hmm. uh, is run by his son Brian now, and obviously they're still doing movies and they just there was a TV series for a little while, but that didn't last very long. But they're still all of that's still active and they're doing they do props and stuff for other movies and all that, so it's still going good.
0: That's cool. We made it through that without a laugh, fest. We did. I know that was very professional. Should we try number three now?
1: I know. I feel like we're on a roll. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the chocolate room.
0: I'm guessing chocolate room has chocolate a, chocolate room.
1: That's what he says. Oh, Welcome to the oh chocolate room. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I thought you were naming the movie. No, oh. uh,
0: no, Willy Wonka. Yeah. I'm going to guess. Yeah. I mean, I wish I had a chocolate room, but clearly it's not ours. So I'm going with Willy Wonka, but I have no idea who, I don't even know any people's okay, names me, in this. Let me
1: see if the date will help you. September 13th, 1916. Nope. Doesn't help. Got nothing. Okay. It is the author of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, Rual Dahl. I have a question. And I don't know if I'm saying his last name right.
0: Willy Wonka what? and the Chocolate Factory was a book? Yeah, it was
1: originally a book. They turned it into a movie oh. with the creepy Gene Wilder.
0: I don't think I ever knew that.
1: Okay. Well, yes, it was. it was a children's book.
0: You always teach me so much.
1: I'm here for you, babe. <laughs> um, he was the author of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Matilda, which also became oh, a that's movie, a cute one. The BFG, which became a really terrible Steven Spielberg movie, mm-hmm. James and the Giant Peach, was, I thought was pretty good. Yeah, a little weird. Early 2000s, maybe. Who directed that? All of his stuff is a little weird. I don't know who directed that, but all of his stuff is a little melancholy, yeah. odd. Yeah. Um, and he did tons of other books and children's books and stuff. He was born in Wales, England, to Norwegian parents. Okay. So they named him after the first man who was Norwegian to reach the South Pole, which happened, like, just four years before he was born in
0: 1912. Oh, and his name was, what was his
1: name? Rual. Not Raul. Rual. Ru Roo, Rual. How do you spell this? Uh, okay, you spell it R-O-L-R-O-A-L-D, but the D's silent.
0: Oh, okay. I'm <laughs> glad you looked that up.
1: Yeah. Um... Okay, he started out, his life started out pretty sad. His in February of 1920, when he was four, his sister died after a burst appendix, mm. and then a few weeks later, his dad died of pneumonia. So he was sent to boarding school uh, from the ages of nine to twelve, oh. and this is interesting. What happened at the boarding school? They his class was invited to test new chocolate bars that were coming mm. out. So that ended up giving him the inspiration for Willy Wonka later on. Oh, that's cool. Um, He lived in, after school, he lived in Canada and East Africa. (laughs) He was working for an oil company until the outbreak of World War II. So when World War II broke out in 39, he enlisted in the Royal Air Force, which is interesting because we just had Christopher Reeve, who was doing some stuff with the Royal Air Force. Um, He was 23 at the time. Even though he he was well over six feet too, he stuffed himself into the airplanes, and they oh like gosh. there was a minimum height, but there really wasn't a maximum. maximum height. So they said if you can fit in the airplane, you can fly. Really? So he did. Yep. He flew what they call a glo they called it a Gloster Gladiator in North Africa was the mm-hmm. ty- was the type of plane, and the Gladiator was a really out of date biplane. Mm-hmm. So um, they weren't the greatest planes in the world. So wow. his. His plane crashed in the desert.
0: Oh, gosh. And Within he was in, a minute? Huh? Within yes. a minute? And
1: he was in the hospital for six months.
0: <gasps> what? That's right. Is, and this is when he came up with Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory?
1: Uh, not oh, yet. This okay. was a little later. Um, he then flew. He got back into the into the Air Force. After that, he flew in the Battle of Athens in Greece in 1941. But in the summer of that year, he started having severe headaches and blackouts. Hmm. And they figured it was from, from his crash. previous crash. Mm-hmm. So that forced him; he had to leave the Air Force, and he had to go move back in with his mom in Great Britain. Okay. So about a year later, he was posted. This this is where it gets fascinating. He's a lot like Christopher Reeve, where it's this guy that did so many different things. So a year later, he was posted in Washington D.C. as an assistant air at, attache, um, for like the British, uh, for the British military, and for the. Ambassador that was there, obviously. And it was during that time he had a random encounter with an author called C.S. Forrester, which ended up leading to the first publication of his first short story, which was called Shot Down Over Libya, which was telling the story about his crash. Um, During his time in D.C., this is where it gets pretty interesting, he worked as a British spy. Oh. He was keeping tabs on the U.S. involvement in the war... Because even in 1941, we had, we, in 19, uh, this would be 42 now. Um, we were in the war, but like Britain and the allies didn't really feel like we were totally into it. Mm -hmm. Like we didn't really want to be, a lot of America didn't want to be in the war. Yeah. So they were, he was kind of just, he would find out information to let the British know, okay, what, what are their plans and what are they doing? Mm -hmm. And also they wanted to know the U.S. Post war plans, like if they win, what are they going to do with the aircraft industry and aviation mm. industry after that? If they yeah. if they win, so this dude hung out with the first lady Eleanor Roosevelt. He played tennis with the vice president Wallace at the time, and he played poker with then Senator Harry Truman, who mm. would end up eventually being vice president, president, and president. So he was in with all the big wigs and was getting all the information yeah. you could think of. Um, and this is interesting because this ties into an episode we had a few weeks ago. Um, he wrote a book called The Gremlins, and if you remember, we were which talking turned into the movie. Nope, this oh, is totally this is different. a long time ago. Okay, uh, this is in the fifties and sixties. He wrote a book called The Gremlins, which Disney was going to do a movie of, but he and Walt didn't get along. <laughs> and they kept arguing over what the look of the Gremlins should be. Yeah. So Walt Disney finally said, okay, I'm not doing this. We're done. Huh. So the movie never happened. But w- remember one of those Disney designs were at the Wasp Museum we went to? Remember?
0: Yeah. The vanilla. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: So it kind of brings these episodes together. We talked about the Wasps, which were the female pilots during World War II. Huh. The logo they were using was one of these... Characters what? that were designed for the Rual Dow movie How do that you never find happened. This stuff out? I know it's pretty crazy, right? Oh my god! So that was that was pretty cool. Uh, we mentioned that in episode fifteen, where we did our pick a date for twenty eight, which mm-hmm. we talked about our anniversary and yeah. some cool things we did. Yeah, that's so, so cool. So if you want to check that out, we have more on that story. Hmm. Um, he married American actress Patricia Neal in nineteen fifty three, and I remember her because I remember my dad kind of had a crush on her. <laughs> I remember funny. him talking about her. Um, they what were married. What was she in? I don't even know. I okay. remember the name, but I don't remember stuff. Yeah. She's at the time she was a pretty popular actress, but I'm not sure what she was in. Before my time, <laughs> um, they were married for thirty years and had five kids, but they ended up getting divorced. He ended up marrying later in 1983. He married Felicity Crossland. And she went on to executive produce Matilda, and she also executive produced the 2005 Charlie and the Chocolate Factory (laughs) with the creepy Johnny Depp, because whoever plays that character is creepy. Um, So in 61 is really when his creativity took off, and he wrote James and the Giant Peach that year. Then he wrote Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which was actually Willy Wonka's, the original... And then he wrote screenplays. He wrote a screenplay oh for a Bond gosh, movie. I've always
0: wondered how those were connected. What? Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Willy Wonka.
1: Yeah, it's just a. Charlie and the Cho- Chocolate Factory is just a remake of Willy Wonka.
0: My mind is blown.
1: Whoa. Okay. Your Thinking worlds have collided. Your chocolate have, worlds have collided.
0: I, I thought I knew about everything. It's chocolate, like when but...
1: chocolate and peanut butter <laughs> crash together into a Reese's. Mm-hmm. That's mm. what's happened. I don't know. I it's guess. Reese's. It's Reese's time, it's Reese's season. Because oh, it's the, Halloween. I know. The little pumpkin. I know. And there's oh. a Frankenstein one this year. Uh, what? It's green on the bottom.
0: No way. I know. How do that? they do, do this stuff? This?
1: It's like How magic. do you know all because these things? Because I saw the commercial? Oh my gosh. Oh. But it's like magic. How do they do green Reese's? Green chocolate? Whoa.
0: Is that what it is? It's chocolate. Yeah, I'm sure oh. it is.
1: Um Ooh, interesting. I think I was overselling it. Okay. Um no, d-
0: you can never oversell <laughs> chocolate Reese's. and peanut butter. You
1: cannot. Good point. Okay. Continue. Um, he did screenplays. He did a Bond movie called You Only Live Twice in the sixties. He's Just, like all over the board. I know he's random, right? And he wrote the screenplay to Chitty Chitty Bang Bang.
0: Really? I watched that as a kid all
1: I did the time. too. And then I watched it when I was older and I don't know why I watched it when I a kid. Either. It's one of those movies that I'm like, what was I thinking?
0: We just had it on VHS and we didn't have anything else to do. Well,
1: it was a long movie too. It was like a we three We couldn't movie. just pull
0: up any old movie we wanted to watch back then.
1: That's right. It wasn't a click of a button.
0: No, we had to look to see our VHS tapes to see what we had.
1: We weren't jaded by all the movie choices, no. entertainment choices. No. You had these mediocre movies and you liked them.
0: <laughs> Cause you didn't, have, he didn't a choice. have anything else to compare them to. <laughs> That's right.
1: Um, he also wrote TV episodes for Alfred Hitchcock Presents oh, and Tales of, the unexpe- uh, ugh, Tales of the Unexpected. Hmm. And he wrote Matilda all the way in 1988. And he died of a blood disease in 1990 at the age of 74. Wow. So
0: he did a lot. I mean, there's a lot of things that he was connected with. I know he was randomly.
1: He was, a, he was a fighter pilot. He was a British spy. He was a writer. He was a screenwriter. He wrote wow. a Bond movie. I mean, it's just random stuff. Well, that's crazy. That's pretty fascinating.
0: Right. And Christopher Reeves just was a homemaker.
1: Yep. Okay. Home <laughs> economics. I forgot to um in within the Jim Henson story. That's what he went to school for—is home economics, mm. because in home, home economics he could do some puppetry stuff. Like oh, that's it was cool. part of it. Yeah. So I, I went forward in time
0: mm-hmm.
1: when we got a little flustered there, and home economics was really Jim Henson.
0: Did you ever take home ec?
1: I don't think I did. Like yeah. you had the fake baby and all that. Is that mm, was that part no, of it? That
0: was a little later, and they changed the name of it. Like when I took it and had that, I, it was like called life skills or something like that i don't know home economic i remember
1: did you keep an egg that you couldn't crack or something
0: no that i didn't ever have to do that Mm. um no it was something to do with like learning how to like sew buttons on and on shirts and stuff which i never did like cookies and how to cook an egg like yeah. yeah like how to scramble an egg or whatever i don't i don't know why where i did this i don't in some town I lived in I think I took like a little bit of this before I moved I can't remember but I just wondered if you took it I, I thought it was a good class I
1: knew kids need, in my class that took it but I never yeah. took it
0: we need more classes like that and our kids would all say we need more classes like like how to do your taxes and how to yeah
1: well I was the art student so I didn't want to take any practical classes <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to daydream and draw and do that right
0: yeah but yeah you turned out to be a fantastic homemaker like you, <laughs> you clean the house every day.
1: Well, thank you. <laughs> I
0: appreciate it. Yeah, You have amazing skill set. It helps
1: to home office, right?
0: <laughs> You've been working on something else lately, too.
1: What have I been working on?
0: You've been illustrating my book.
1: I did. I finally finished. It I took three know. months. I
0: literally wrote that book in like 45 minutes on the back porch. I know. Why, why are you yelling at me? I'm
1: sorry. Wow. And you're mocking me.
0: So I've been waiting on my my wonderful illustrator. Yes, that's me. Three months or so. Three yeah, months. it was
1: three months. Yeah, I, I'm so sorry. I think I posted the first teaser like in June. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. I enjoyed it. It just took longer than I thought. Life has been busy, and it just I wanted it to be. It looks perfect, amazing. So when people look I felt at like, it, I feel like, like it turned out. This is well.
0: amazing. It is amazing.
1: I thought it turned out nicely. I'm super I enjoyed excited it. about it. Yeah.
0: So it will be out on Amazon really soon.
1: Can you remind us what it's called?
0: It's called Am I Ready? By Rebecca Hardy. Words by Rebecca Hardy. Pictures by Scott Hardy.
1: And what is it about Rebecca Hardy? Well, author.
0: my my thought on all like I originally have started writing a parenting book a while back, and I got a little lost in it. Like I have lots of ideas and lots of thoughts on it, and I had it all laid out, and then I actually went back and re-flipped. I flipped some things around, yeah. and I just felt like it got all jumbled. So I just stepped back, and I was like, "Well, I want some parents to have." like some tools and a book as a tool for like parenting but I also thought I really want some kids to kind of hear a repeated theme of truth so in this book the repeated theme is put in the work and do your best you simply can't worry about the rest and in the book the kid is growing up and getting older and he's doing different things he's trying to tie his shoes he's trying to Bake a cake. He's trying to ride a bike, so it kind of play baseball, play yeah, football. Right. He grows. He grows up <clears throat> in the book. So, uh, and then we have you've you've made this awesome coloring page that goes with it. So for teachers, they can have. I learned yesterday that that's called a. Graphic Organizer.
1: Hmm. Uh, when we used to call it a coloring page. Yeah, it's not yes. called a coloring page. Very, very
0: Graphic technical. Organizer. Yes. yes. And I looked up Graphic Organizer. It actually fits into that category nicely. Okay. So, yeah. It'll be on Amazon soon. We're going to have a book signing. Um, as soon as we figure out, like, we've already ordered the books, but we need to get a ship date. And as soon yeah. as the ship date comes in, we'll know, like, when those are going to be on our doorstep. Then we can plan from there.
1: So and you're, you're starting up a launch team?
0: Yep. So launch team, if you want to be on the launch team, give me a shout out because I will definitely be in touch with you about that. To be on the launch team, you have to commit to three things. You basically have to commit to like my Instagram name uh, page on um, Instagram. It's author. It's at author Rebecca Hardy. And then you have to be willing to post. Oh, yeah. It's on Facebook, too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Facebook, Rebecca Hardy. Um and so then you also have to be willing to uh, like it on Amazon, five-star review. Right. And leave a little, cute, little, nice, positive review. And then... It the, has to be positive? Yeah, it has to be positive. Okay. Uh, and then the, and then the <laughs> third thing is to post on your social media twice within the first 30 days of receiving the book. So, Okay. Um, and I will send the book to you for free if you agree to those things so i'm super excited i'm in i
1: will do that you'll do it okay yeah. i'll
0: get you a free I'll be on your lunch team. book and i'll yeah. sign i'll even sign it for you
1: and i did the illustrating but for me i felt like i was just creating an environment so you could tell your story mm-hmm. because there's no book if you don't have this idea and i think it's just an amazing idea yeah and it's I've, an az- amazing concept
0: are you ready to tell my next story are you ready to create my next environment?
1: Let's get at least through the next book mm-hmm. launch, the first book launch, okay. and then we'll talk. I don't have all You can talk to my yet. agent. <laughs> you talk to my I people. I have
0: actually let, I mean, I've I've, I've let several teachers read this book and yeah. counselors at schools, and they, I mean, I've had just fantastic reviews and responses. Oh, that's great. Like, I mean, I've, I'm actually kind of overwhelmed by that. And yeah. They, a lot of people have been saying it's a great book for, like, Um, beginning of the year, teaches perseverance. Um, So, yeah, I'm super excited about it. I had no idea. I just had this vision and you made it come to life and so here we are. That's
1: pretty exciting. I'm
0: super excited about it.
1: coming soon. Coming soon. We'll let you know.
0: I know. There's a shameless plug.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's also kind of interesting to see how the creative process worked too. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's been very fun. Well, Thank you for teaching me all that you've taught me today. You're welcome. Thank you for the laugh fest. Yes. I think we needed it.
1: Hopefully people made it past our laughter and they're actually <laughs> listening. If you made it this listening. far. <laughs> yeah.
0: If you made it this far. Buy the book on Amazon when it comes there out. There you go. <laughs> all right. Hardy party of five and a half. Over and out.
1: We'll see you next time.